It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash futureinvestor slash radio. Asa Hutchinson is back with us, of course, the former governor of Arkansas and Republican presidential candidate. Just what, almost exactly a week, I guess it is, off the debate stage in Milwaukee. Thank you for coming back in. It's good to see you, sir. Well, it's good to be here. And you're right. Uh, what an incredible experience in Milwaukee on the debate stage. I bet. Very pleased with uh, uh, how uh, we got there, but also the message that we had. Mm -hmm. I think we showcased that I'm ready to be president of the United States. I'm going to ask you more about that, but I'd love your input uh, on the conversation we were just having. You know what it's like to run a state and to run a state that's dealing with a natural disaster. We remember the flooding in Arkansas in 2019, for instance. I realize uh, that's probably still uh, pretty near in, in your thoughts and your memory. We're watching Ron DeSantis, one of your rivals on the campaign trail, deal with this now in Florida, and apparently it's going to become Brian Kemp's problem now, rolling into Georgia. The job of a governor in a time like this, this really defines urgency in that position, doesn't it? Well, it does. And there's nothing more important than, first of all, a governor has to be there during times of crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, you have to communicate effectively. People are looking to you for leadership, for guidance. Uh, they trust you. And then thirdly, it's a response capability, which is really managing and how you've been prepared for that all along. And so uh, this is what governors do. Uh, I had to do it as governor during a 500-year record flood. Uh, governor DeSantis is going through it. Of course, they have the hurricanes down there on a... Uh, annual basis, That's true. And so they're very ready for this, pre very yeah. prepared. It's an opportunity, though, I suppose, to show leadership. Did he do the right thing by coming off the campaign trail? Oh, of course he did. Absolutely. There wasn't any question about that. You have to be there. Uh, and again, you contrast that, uh, if I might, with President Biden, hmm. uh, who's delayed in going to Hawaii. I mean, the being there, taking the natural disasters very seriously. Uh, this is when people are hurting, hurting and uh, he did the right thing by going back to Florida. You thought that Joe Biden should have gone earlier to Hawaii. How would, he, how would you have handled that if you had been president? Well, first of all, your, your comments uh, to the nation immediately afterwards would be uh, very important, sympathetic, and, and uh, showing that you're on top of it mm -hmm. and not a uh, more casual, no comment type. And then secondly, you've got to be there very quickly. Uh, you know, and I don't want to be overly critical, but it just illustrates that whether you're the president or whether you're a governor during times of crisis, uh, you have to be there. Uh, you have to help uh, comfort uh, and guide the recovery. There's something about governors and mayors, for that matter, as somebody who covers politics, Governors and mayors have just a different reality than, for instance, members of Congress, the House or the Senate, because you have to deal with reality and you have to deal with everyone. Do you wish you had more of an opportunity to tell that story? You're not the only governor on the stage here that that makes you different from those who have never been an executive. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think governors are in a uh, are set apart. They're uh, they know how to lead. They're held accountable. And I would like to have told more of what we've done in Arkansas, particularly in contrast to Governor DeSantis, who talked about uh, how they managed through the pandemic. I was waiting yeah. for the opportunity to talk about how we did it in Arkansas. And I think there will be another occasion at the uh, Reagan Library because I think those questions will come up again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my record of cutting taxes, creating a surplus, creating jobs uh, in Arkansas, uh, and, and balancing a budget. They're very relevant to be President of the United States. Uh, the way I guided through the pandemic and making sure our businesses had an opportunity to survive, not sheltering in place, uh, as many of the other states did, and keeping our schools open after those first couple months for in-classroom instructions. Uh, these are things that set my leadership apart. Uh, I look forward to the opportunity to talk about those more. Do you expect to be on the debate stage at the oh, Reagan Library? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I've surprised everybody every step of the way. Nobody thought I'd be on the first debate stage, and we made it, uh -huh. uh, thanks to a lot of support from uh, voters out there that wanted to make sure I was there. And now a lot of people don't think I'll be on the second debate stage. I will be there. I will be there because we have a growing level of support. My message continues to be important. Well, it's interesting when we talk about the message, what you just said about being governor. There are questions about whether that's resonating with Republicans today in a way that it might have 10 or 20 years ago, that it's about red meat, it's about conspiracies, it's about Trump. You saw Vivek Ramaswamy come flying off the stage because of some of the more outlandish things he said. This is someone with no electoral experience. Do you worry that you're talking to a different crowd now than you were earlier in your career? Well, if you want pure entertainment, there's others besides me well, to support. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I, I suppose it started to a certain extent with uh, Donald Trump that uh, came uh, out of the entertainment world mm -hmm. straight into the presidency of the United States. And now uh, the impression is that anybody can do that. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, you even think about Ronald Reagan. He was an actor, but he was also uh, a governor first. Right. And then he became president. Uh, George W. Bush, uh, you know, was governor, then became president. And so uh, I, I think they still have a high regard for governors. I think that does make a difference, but it's more than that. It's more than being a governor. They want to see somebody that will fight in Washington, mm -hmm. somebody that uh, will be aggressive in, in uh, making sure that uh, we – tackle the administrative state, reduce regulatory burdens. And so that's on me to make sure I showcase my record, but also what I will do. There's another governor on that stage uh, who is known for going after Donald Trump, and that's Chris Christie. Is there room for both of you? Well, uh, I think so. I, you, whenever you look at eight candidates on that stage, and only two of us had a non-Trump message, and yes. I probably was even more clear when I... Uh, said I would not support somebody who uh, was convicted of a felony. At one point, you were the only candidate to not raise a hand. Chris Christie had a little confusion there. I think we know what he meant. But what does that tell us about that stage when only two of you would respond that way? Well, it tells you there's a fear factor as to offending Donald Trump. And yeah. if you're running against him, don't worry about it. Get over <laughs> it. Uh, that's what we're doing. Isn't that we're, why you're running? Exactly. Uh, and so uh, I'm surprised by that. But, you know, in reference to uh, Chris Christie, mm -hmm. you know, in some ways we're in the same lane. We all bring something different uh, and we bring it in different ways. So it's 
what kind of leader do you want uh, for our country? And uh, I'll present my case. We'll see what the voters, how they respond to it. We're spending time with former Governor Asa Hutchinson, of course, Republican presidential candidate. I'd like to ask you about the 14th Amendment, because you've been talking about this, and I'm compelled by this idea uh, that the president, in your former president in your eyes, may be unfit for office because of the legal challenges that he's facing now four times indicted. If it comes to it, will you sue invoking the 14th Amendment to get him out of this race? No, I don't expect that to happen. There will be plenty of others that will raise that issue. So I don't need to, and I would not want to. But let, let me describe it this way. It's a constitutional requirement for eligibility. For example, right now, you have to be 35 to run for president of the United States. Mm-hmm. A secretary of state will not put somebody on the ballot who's 34 or 33. They make that determination. Right. This is a constitutional requirement. They have to review as well and make a determination whether they violate the 14th Amendment. I suspect that there will be one or more secretaries of states that will make a determination that he is ineligible uh, because of the 14th Amendment, which says if you're a federal official, you can't can't commit acts of insurrection uh, or you're disqualified from uh, being on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And if a secretary of state says no, uh, he is eligible, then you can expect somebody to sue saying they were wrong uh, in making that determination. They're ineligible and take it to court. And so the bottom line is this would be the Democrats' dream scenario that we nominate somebody at the convention that will later be determined by the courts to be ineligible to hold office. Wow. Are you talking to your fellow candidates about this? Might there be, I don't want to say class action, but a cooperation in in moving this issue forward? I I don't think it's necessary. Uh, This is going to play out with the various secretary of states and different citizens that want to uh, raise this issue in court. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I made my case. I think it's important uh, for the public, Republican voters, to understand this risk. And it should be a factor in determining who's going to be our nominee. That's why I raised in the debate. I was the only one that talked about this. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about uh, he can't win in November. He can't bring in independence. But also you've got this issue of actually being disqualified under the 14th Amendment as another risk factor. Lastly, when, it talk, when we talk about winning over independence, is the issue the economy that will get that done? Or is it something else? We talk about so much around here. But... When we go back to it's the economy, stupid, is that actually what will decide this race? Well, the economy is the number one issue. It is. And and independence, uh, voters trust Republicans to handle the economy more so than Democrats. And so uh, that's why it's going to be a key political issue. But also, when you ask about bringing in independence, it's more than just the economy. It's also who's going to listen, who's going to care Who's going to take us in a rational way into the future and lead our country? And so those are some intangible qualities that independents will look at as well. And they don't want a strident uh, extremist that, uh, is, that leads or somebody who's going to create chaos every day. Hmm. They want someone that will, will stand for their values and represent them, but also set an example for young people and the kind of leadership we need in our country. Well, you know, we like to talk policy around here, and you're always welcome at the table. It's great to have you back, Governor. We'll be looking for you at the Reagan Library next month. We'll see you there. Thank you. Governor Asa Hutchinson, of course, Republican presidential candidate, in a conversation you won't hear anywhere else today. 
The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.